New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea. Well, we all found out who orchestrated a heinous attack on Justice Smollett a couple of weeks ago. This person turned himself in to the Chicago PD recently and... Not only Jesse, but the whole nation that has been captivated by this hate crime can all rest easy knowing that this person will be brought to justice now. And who you who who you might ask? Who is this vile, evil, just low down, deranged lunatic? Who was this person that would do such a Horrible hate crime against someone so sweet as Justice Smollett. Just so happened to be Justice Smollett. highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe and welcome to another episode of trend chat i am your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us we're on facebook instagram twitter or Snapchat, it's all the same same name at TrendChat247. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 big old dummy, Justice Molet, decided to orchestrate his own attack. That's that isn't <laughs> it's funny because I remember a couple episodes ago I quickly, you know, kind of touched on it and just said I don't believe him. <laughs> I didn't believe him and it was based on his just how he described what happened to him for one and just how 
how anti-Trump and how much of a of a hater, I guess you could say that he was of um of President Trump. And so how he wanted how he described it and, and basically wanted to make it seem like some Trump supporters in the middle of the night just going to attack him in downtown Chicago. Like that right there just um just seemed funny to me. So you're telling me so according to him there was two white guys wearing maga hats which maga means you know make america great again those basically iconic red hats that um that um, president trump wears well especially wore during the campaign and apparently so two white guys wearing those hats are just wandering around downtown chicago in the middle of the night <laughs> Just looking for a black gay guy or just looking for him in particular. And and, so, and according to his um, recollection of what happened, which which we know now is all just made up. But when I heard that, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like downtown Chicago, two white guys with them red MAGA hats. I feel sorry for them. I, I, I fear for their lives more than anything. I would think they'll be the ones get jumped, <laughs> but you know, no, he wanted to make it seem like, no, he the one that got jumped. So even by hearing that, I was, I was already skeptical. I was like, that, uh. yeah, like I said, I, I just can't see two white guys walking around in the, around what, what was it like? He said it was around two, two o'clock in the morning or whatever, or something like that. Walking around downtown Chicago. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would have believed that they would have got jumped. That would have been more plausible than um, Jesse getting <laughs> getting jumped. So I was already skeptical from that point, and so now we've gotten uh, um, pretty much a lot of the details. They uh, Chicago PD had a press conference earlier this morning. Uh, detail. I'm not going to get into all of that, but uh, <laughs> uh, one thing that just stuck out is that. One, so, okay, one, he hired two Nigerians to to orchestrate this whole attack, to put this whole thing together. And there's, like, there's just two things that just, that just kind of like blowing my mind. So, like I mentioned, the two Nigerians, okay, all right, all right, whatever. And then the next thing that came out during the press conference today is that he paid them by check. So, uh, I mean, that, like I said, there's a lot of other details I can get into it, but it's this is something I posted earlier on on a, on my page on a, on um, across social media because I just found it funny. Because so you're telling me you're gonna have you're gonna hire two black guys to play two white guys, which I mean I feel like if you if you're gonna make something up could you you can find two white guys no no what not even white guys you couldn't find two light-skinned black guys <laughs> and on top of that you're gonna leave a by giving them a check i mean i feel like i feel like if he told someone this his plan Someone would have said, "You never done this before. You never been. You never been um, 
I, I mean, I know you you play um, on this show called Empire, which has a lot of you know shady uh, <laughs> shady drama that happens in in that show. I feel like you could at least took a, a one of <laughs> one of their shows, and they could have they could have written something a whole lot better than this. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have no problem doing it for him. Given the fact that what he was trying to do, I'm yeah. They're like, oh, you want to orchestrate some sort of chat to make um, Trump supporters look racist? And yeah, oh, I'm pretty sure he could have found some help. He could have found a screenwriter that would have helped him. Like, oh, I, I, I could make this like look real good for you. They could, I mean, he could have written this like a oh, episode of Empire, but apparently he didn't do any of that. <laughs> but. It's funny because I, so I posted this afternoon. You realize if he would have just done two things, if he would have hired not only a white, some white actors, but even some light skinned black guys and paid cash, if he would have done those two things, he would have gotten away with this. Mainly because that would have been enough for the media to just believe everything else in this story. But because he was so stupid to go so far to do those two, those two things in particular, it just made it impossible for, for the media and all, all his buddies in Hollywood to, to, to go along with it. I mean, some of them are still going, you know, they're going to ride or die with them. So, but for the most of, uh, most part, most of them just got, you know, I, you, you were just too stupid for them to go along with it. Now, I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, well, his career is over or whatnot. Uh, no, I, I doubt that. Unless he, you know, do some serious time. Um, I'm hearing that he faces up to three years in prison if he's charged. I doubt he gets charged um, that he gets three years. If, if any time. But if he serves any time, then yeah, that's gonna that's gonna hurt his career because he can't work. So that's kind of obvious. But yeah, if he gets out of all of this, he gets what probation or whatever, or anything that keeps him out of going to jail, he'll be just fine. He'll be back on Empire and pretty, and Hollywood have no problem um, hiring him, having him on, you know, movies or whatever. Matter of fact, this probably make him even more of a, of a, of a star in their eyes because although he was caught in this hoax and, and lying and all that, yes, that's true. But, and, you know, and a lot of those liberals in Hollywood, well, just Hollywood in general, in their eyes, they, they understand his heart was in the right place because, you know, for people like him, whether we're talking about this or, what happened with the Covington Catholic kids with, um, and what happened with Brett Kavanaugh, whether it's what Nathan Phillips or, um, Christine Blasey Ford. I mean, these people, just, they, they see Trump and Trump supporters as so evil and that they, they feel like, well, that they have to basically fake, any sort of situations because I mean, because they're not actually finding any, but 
in their mind, they just know that they're, these people are evil, even though they're not finding anything to, to attach it to. But for them, they're so deranged in wanting to believe so much in how, how they, uh, and how they want to portray Trump and, you know, anyone who supports Trump and not even, it's not even just supporting Trump. Anyone that is conservative, Republican, just take your pick. Anything that is, anything that is against their progressive, regressive, quote unquote, progressive agenda, anything that is going against that is inherently evil to, in their eyes. So, if they don't have anything to back up that sentiment, then they're more than willing to make it up. And the media and, and a lot of these people with blue check marks next to the name are more than willing to just go along with it. They can care less about the facts. <laughs> they'll just like, if they get caught, they get caught, but they'll just move along. And like I said, He'll if he don't get any serious time, he'll just move right along and he'll he'll be held as a hero because although, you know, he lied and all that, but still they they understand they'll they'll do as much as they can to rehabilitate his career. So I I don't think he's going to lose his career. People want to make it seem like, oh, yeah, well, he's you know, well, he's done. You know, no, no, he's not done. I mean, look at James Gunn. He got fired from making the next Guardians of the Galaxy for those, you know, sick t uh, tweets he had years ago. And people I hear all the time, especially when you if you watch like anything about um, entertainment or whatever, um, they always they're, they're always going to bat for James Gunn because they feel like he was done wrong because all that stuff came out. Now, if um if this was a conservative of any sort and had, uh, you know, a similar situation, uh, yeah, they'd be kicking them to the curve and never for him to never return and would never get any, um, any chance to do anything in, in Hollywood ever again, if that person was a conservative, but James Gunn was your typical Hollywood, uh, deranged anti-Trump, uh hater basically and so yeah they they they're going to bat for him every time every chance they get they trying to you know pump up James Gunn now bring back James Gunn bring back James Gunn you know I'm look whatever so same thing's going to happen with old Jesse he you know when when this all smooths over he'll be fine he'll be he'll be back on empire and pretty sure Lee Daniels and all the people, you know, the creator of empire and all that, they'll have no problem bringing them back. I mean, don't never mind. Roseanne got fired for a tweet, but you know, lying to the FBI and Chicago PD and causing all of this for weeks and wasting their time and money and that, you know, whatever, but yeah. So anyway, I, <laughs> I mentioned about the Covenant Catholic kids. I know one thing in particular I noticed that um uh, I forgot the kid's name. I just if you I, the kid name was right in my head right when I was talking about it and I totally forgot. But the main the main kid, I forgot his name already. But yeah, but anyway, he's suing um 
I think it's just uh, maybe it's the Washington Post, but it just he's suing for millions. Let's just put it that way. And you know what? I hope they get gawkered (laughs) in this when this all when the smoke clears from this whole lawsuit. I hope what happens then what what happened to Gawker and the whole thing with Hulk Hogan, you know, (laughs) uh, with that with that lawsuit. But yeah, with that and with what happened with um, you know Kavanaugh last year, it I, I really I really enjoy seeing liberals' stories fall apart, especially you know when they come come across with these you know fabrications that the media loves to jump on and just accept as truth and then after so, just a little bit of investigation it, it all falls apart and then everyone looks like a fool especially the ones on you know all the liberals who were just out there wanting to support anything that would make the president look bad or just conservatives or republicans anything that would that shines a negative light that makes you know, makes us as conservatives look like, you know, the evil people that they think that we are. They'll just run with it. And I just love it when something like this falls apart and they just um, have to backtrack. It's, it's it's beautiful. It really is to me. I, I, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen enough, but when it does happen, it's, it's, it's a sight to behold. So, uh, I haven't even mentioned that um we're gonna have Nick Loeb with us um on this episode to talk about the upcoming Roe v. Wade movie. I just got so caught up in talking about this, but yes, we're gonna we're gonna play that interview um momentarily actually. And it's funny because I, I wanted to talk about that because it's it, you know, all that was it made me laugh and we're going to play the interview with, with Nick's um, right um, in a few minutes. And, but also I wanted to do that because after that is, um, I guess I'm going to get a little personal myself about, about something um, after the interview with Nick, <clears throat> just to, um, I would probably say this probably about, is it? Yeah. This is probably the most personal um, episode um, with what I'm going to talk about after this, after our interview with Nick. Um, so matter of fact, I'm, you know, now, unlike last episode, we actually have everything straight. Uh, we got everything fixed from last episode, so we can actually play what we normally play. So before we, uh, before we get to our, our interview with Nick, let's hear a word from our friends with the founder project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Hello, this is Trend Chat, 
and we are very pleased to have Nick Loeb with us, the co-director and actor of a new movie that will be coming out soon called uh, Roe v. Wade. How you doing, Nick? Good. How are you? So I guess before I even get into any of my other questions, what brought you to become pro-life? Oh, uh, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's really sort of a combination of uh, you know, learning about that life begins at conception. I mean, uh, I wasn't always pro-life. I grew up being pro-choice, um, mainly because I didn't understand or realize that. Uh, you know, when a woman gets pregnant, there's actually a child and a baby that we were all taught as a child that they were just a clump of cells. And through my life, I ended up uh, in my 20s having two abortions, um, <laughs> which has really had an effect and impact on my life. And uh, and as I grew older and realized that I had killed two babies, uh, I ended up converting to becoming pro-life. Okay, wow. That's, um, I mean, to have have something like that to really, I mean, I know we've heard plenty of stories of something like that where <clears throat> when you would think about what happened, you know, in the past or something, um, or, or participate in having abortions and where that can really have an effect on, on a person. So, um, right now from, the, from that, I guess I wanted to see what was the motivation to make the film? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, it was an interesting story. I, you know, I didn't really know the whole story of Roe v. Wade. I mean, everybody in the country has heard of Roe, and everybody, a lot of people know that it's the decision to legalize abortion in America, but I don't think a lot of people will realize how it got to the courts and why the courts made the decision. And if you research, you know, as I did and read over 40 books on the subject and the court transcripts and letters and speeches, you realize that the whole thing was fabricated and it ended up being a conspiracy and the justices made their decisions, you know, really based on, you know, public pressure um, and family pressure and not really the law. Uh, so it was a really interesting story to tell, almost like a conspiracy story like the movie JFK. I've noticed from following on social media as far as the, the advertisement for the movie, now I saw that maybe um, Facebook has been, I guess, blocking or just making it difficult to, to promote. Yeah, you know, they ended up, um, they blocked us when we tried to raise money, and then they blocked us again when we now try to boost our ads, uh, you know, Facebook and YouTube, and so social media has been a little challenging for us. So, And I also noticed um, so that you have a GoFundMe page, is that correct? Yeah, we're still raising money at uh, com. Uh, you know, although we've completed and finished the film or post-production, still raising money for marketing. So if any of your listeners want to go to roevwade.com and support us, it would be great. One question I want to ask is about the challenges as far as making this film. And I remember uh, one story in particular because um, about, I guess, one important aspect, obviously, to making a film is, you know, shooting on location in, in certain places. And... I saw that you were going to either uh, LSU or Tulane, and I also saw that you are an alumni of Tulane. When you went to try to film at Tulane, even though you were an alumni, I saw that you were denied. So, I mean, what happened there? Yeah, so we, we, we did shoot at Tulane one day, um, and I don't think they realized. Uh, and after the first day that we shot, um, and the students found out the subject matter of the film, uh, when we requested a second day, uh, we were denied. 
and it was, uh, you know, the, you know, they gave us, you know, they showed us around, told us what was available, um, and then all of a sudden, magically, it wasn't available anymore. So, hmm. I'm guessing that they just gave kind of a uh, a generic answer as far as yeah, why. They said, they said, oh, well, that um, we don't have any, you know, we're not able to shoot anymore because um, it's not available and there's classes and it's busy. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll use a different location and every location magically all of a sudden that was free and available that they showed us and presented us all of a sudden from one day to the next became unavailable once the news got out of the movie. So, well, like you mentioned that the movie is now in post-production. Now, as far as, um, I guess, what the, what are the other steps that are that you're taking right now as far as um, to get the movie um, out in theaters? Well, we're, we're in negotiations with several distributors out in L.A., um, and so hopefully we'll come to a deal sometime when we're finished the film, and, uh, and they'll set a plan and release date. Okay, so um, oh, so as of right now, you don't have like a, a firm date right now. No, we don't. We still have to lock our deal with our distributor. Okay. Okay. Well, um, before we let you go, um, I want to ask if people want to know about you in particular, or maybe because you know being an actor and maybe want to kind of get a, be familiar as far as what you've been in, give people a little bit of a of what you what they could maybe have seen you in. Sure. I just uh, actually a film that I I just co-starred in. Uh, just hit iTunes uh, called The Brawler, which is an interesting story uh, about the uh, about a boxer from uh, New Jersey uh, that Sylvester was the only boxer in history to ever knock down Muhammad Ali, and um, and Stallone was watching the fight and went home and wrote Rocky about his life, and it's with uh, Amy Smart and Karen Manning, Zach McGowan, and myself, and it's called The Brawler. You can get it on iTunes. Uh, also, last year I came out in a movie called Den of Thieves. The year uh, with uh, Gerard Butler, the year before, I came out film with Bruce Willis called Precious Cargo, um, all which you can get on iTunes. All right. As far as uh, with Roe v. Wade, and I guess I guess one thing else I want to mention. So, um, what is the the time period that we're that's going to be you know showcased in the in the movie? Yeah, it's, it's most of the movie takes place from 1966 to 1973, so late 60s, early 70s. Roe was decided in 1973, so that's the majority of the time period that's going to take place. Okay. Now, like I said, being in post-production, so if people want to want to help out, I mean, obviously from the GoFundMe, you can go there, but, I mean, is there other ways as far as um, being able to really get the word out about the movie? Yeah, sure. I mean, if any of your listeners, we're out in the be doing screenings. We book screenings all across the country, private screenings. Um, it'll it'll probably take place, you know, sometime, you know, around the summer. So if anybody wants to actually host a screening, uh, they can go to our website and contact us, uh, and we can help them, you know, get a get a screening set up at, at their local theater. All right, and I guess if people want to follow on social media and know everything about you and Roe v. Wade, where would it go? Hey, just go to Facebook, go to Roe v. Wade movie. Um, and if you go to our Facebook, if you go to our website, roeway.com, there's links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you are pretty easy to find out there. All right, Nick, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
thanks to Nick Lowe for joining us. And um, again, if you want to help out, just uh, check out uh, Roe v. Wade movie uh, dot com. And yeah, so it's um, I know I said um after we uh after we play our interview that I would uh wanted to I guess I guess share a little bit. <clears throat> I've been. I know um, I mentioned that I was going to talk about this last week. I've been thinking about this for about about a month now. Been going back and forth about whether I should write out a you know little script or something so I can um, when I come to this point and I decided to just not not do that because I didn't want to write this down. <laughs> um, just because I just I wanted to just go straight from straight from the heart and just talk about it. <clears throat> and when Nick brought up earlier in the interview talking about, um, when I asked him about why the, um, did he become pro-life and, and one of the, and the you know thing that he mentioned as far as, uh, um, in paying for an abortion. And when I did the interview, when he said that, um, that, sparked something in my mind to where I I didn't even think about that and so it came a little it, it came out of out of nowhere for me and so but when I heard that I knew that I it was something I wanted to talk about as well but at that time I didn't you know it hit me so quick and I didn't really um, I was like well I haven't even formulated what I want to say because it was just something I, like I said, it was just something to kind of, um, kind of spontaneous. So, um, to, uh, to hear from, from him, but, but now I knew once I play this interview, I'm going to talk about it afterwards. So, uh, for, for me and, and, the, and the thing about it, it's not even something that I know for certain, but even in the uncertainty of it, it still affects me because I just don't know. So I, just to, I guess to get in, just to get into it. So I would say probably like in the mid two thousands. And at this time, um, you know, I wasn't in, I was not involved at that. You know, at this time, I guess if you want to know like my whole story, um, I didn't get involved about anything in politics or, or anything like this, especially even the to do a podcast. Not it was unheard of at that time um, to even consider that because um, I was very very apathetic of, um, about politics and anything, and I didn't start caring about any of these issues, especially abortion or anything, um, whether it's illegal immigration or limited government or whatnot. I didn't care about none of this until two thousand eight. So all of this is that I'm going to talk about was like uh, probably 2005, 2006. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there about where where I was when this when this happened. So anyway, around that time, I, you know, got involved with um, with the woman and, you know, I said it like you don't know, but yeah. So with the whole sex, you know how babies are made. So, um, but um, and so you know, like I said, I got involved with this woman, and 
and wasn't thinking twice about it. Um, and got a call a couple of, um, got a call. Um, well, mind you, I was on the road. I was already a truck driver at that time. I was just getting on the road. I just became a truck driver. I think maybe a year or so in. And so, yeah, I remember getting a call. I, I haven't forgot it. So I remember getting, got a call from her and said she was pregnant. And at that time, when she said that, I was like, what? And, you know, it just hit me. Um, and I, I was totally surprised. And I remember I didn't know anything about, I mean, I already had a daughter at that time. So obviously I knew um, that, I, you know, the potential of having another child at that time. And I know when it happened, I would just, when she told me, I would just kind of, I was blindsided by it. And I, I said the, I said, well, you could say the old, the old coward's way um, out and just said, well, whatever, I guess, you know, whatever your decision is, I support it. So, cause at that time, like I said, I was very apathetic to all these uh, issues. So back then when it came to the issue of abortion, uh, I had the view kind of like probably some people probably have now that, it, well, it's legal. <laughs> I, mean, I I know how stupid it sounds now to, 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 to hear that <laughs> about me, but yeah, that's how I, how I viewed it then it was legal. So I didn't think twice about the, you know, about it being a human life and everything. Um, any of that, any, any of the arguments, all the, what, what goes into, um, the life issue never crossed my mind. I knew that it was an option. And so I was like, well, if you do fine, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter to me one way or another. Now I was thinking like, well, if she keeps it, then I was like, well, I have to deal with that and whatnot. I, I would say this. I was, I was good either way. It wasn't like I, I wasn't, I can't say I wasn't pressuring her to have an abortion. I, I at least in, in one sense, I, I can at least say that still not proud about all of it. So anyway, I, um, so from that, she said that, that she was going to have the abortion. But for her to do that, she she wanted um, needed help in paying for it. So I honestly like I don't know everything I'm telling you is basically one sided. So I'm going to get into the whole uncertainty of it in a minute. But um, so she said she you know needed help paying for it. So I'm like, okay, if that's what you want to do, okay. Again, I don't know anything about this. I don't know how this works. I don't know what I. I don't even know how much it costs at this time. I mean, it's not like I could just pop on Google or something or whatever. I, I, well, I guess I could, but I mean, you know, that was, this is the mid 2000s anyway. And so, um, so I said, okay. okay. And so I remember the, I remember the amount though. It was $300. I remember that. And, um, at that time, I mean, again, it's not like I, you know, wasn't like something I could just PayPal, so I think I sent it through Western Union and um and and that was it. That and when I said that was it, that was it. That was the last time I heard from her. And 
that was the last time. Yeah, that was yeah, that was it. I never spoke with her again. I, I'm emphasizing spoke because I I have them. I have seen her on Facebook, on different um, social media, um, or at least a couple of years afterwards. But after that was sent, I I don't know. Now, this is where the uncertainty comes from. So if you're already hearing this, you're probably thinking like, well, maybe she just scammed you for your money. I pray to God she did. I really do. I, I honestly do. But it is something that I am always thinking about. It's um, it's something because I remember the time when she called. And so I always and so from that point, I push out nine months. And so always around September, October. Around every year, I think about, you know, this could have been my child's birthday. One of those months, it would have been around that time. Um, But I don't know. And that's why I talk about the whole uncertainty of it. Now, from the interview, like he mentioned that, you know, he knows that he did that, that happened and how it affected him. I don't even know. And like I said, oh, I, I really hope I was just scammed. I really do. I hope she, that she just used that. She called me and just used that to scare me to get $300 out of me. I really do. I, I pray that that's what happened, <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. So, and yeah, and, and that right there, that just that still, still kind of still haunts me. Really? I mean, honestly, it really does. And I've made attempts to try to get in contact um, um, years afterwards. And and see, that's why I go back and saying that I never haven't spoke with her. I've seen her. I've made attempts to contact, but never got any response. Um, I've tried. I remember a couple of years, probably maybe it wasn't even a year. I think i tried to email her back then and did not never got a response anyway um so i never just i, I never got a confirmation about what that was and so that kind of lends a little bit makes me think that maybe i was scammed maybe i was just scammed out of 300 bucks maybe but again like i said i don't know and yeah and I, it seems like i may not never get an answer um uh, not to make light of this, but I'm I'm thinking like maybe if I ran for president or something, if I ran for some office, maybe I would get an answer because, you know, if I if I run on the platform of who I am, being a conservative and a Christian, I can, I'm pretty sure um, uh, some liberal, <laughs> some, some, you know, some liberal out there will, will find her <laughs> and all of a sudden I would get the answer. You know, that's that's kind of a, like if you really want to know about yourself, run for office. So, I mean, I got, you know, kind of make a little light on, on this. But I mean, that is in, in a lot of cases true. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you know, if I if I actually did run for something, I probably would find the answer to a lot of questions. Um, I don't have a lot of them. <laughs> I, honestly, if I was thinking about. Um, if I was running for office and I guess if I had like a PR um, um, person asking me about, well, do you have any skeletons in your closet or something that we need to know that may come up during your um, 
Oh, during your campaign, this will be it. This will probably be the big one. So here it is. I have put it out here on the podcast. Now, um, I can't really, I honestly can't think of anything else that will be worse than this in my mind. Um, I don't know. Maybe they might find something that I might, I might find minor <laughs> that might get blown up. But personally, I think this is the biggest skeleton I have. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm late. I laid it all out for y'all. Um, and honestly, I don't think maybe one or two people knew. And here I am putting it out for the public. Whoever that hears this episode is going to know this now. But, um, but, you know, I take, I take responsibility for it. Um, in, if it really happened, you know, if it did, I mean, I, it is something that I, I, and I'll say again, I hope, I hope I was scammed. I really do. This, um, in, in this, in that, um, in this situation. So, but, uh, that being said, I mean, I, well, I just want to transition off of that heavy subject. <laughs> but, um, I mean, if I could think of another thing that might, might come up in my, what you call opposition re- research about me, if I ran for something, <laughs> ran for anything, if, uh, if they ever find that tape <laughs> of me when I was overseas, uh, I, <laughs> uh, here's another one for you. <clears throat> I participated in what they call a hot body contest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yours truly participated in a hot body contest in South Korea. There, that there, that's another one. If that <laughs> if that tape ever came out, because I noticed someone, I, I I saw a couple of cameras when I was on that stage. Now look, I'm saying I was in the hot body contest. For you people that don't that don't know, my name is Brian Bledsoe. If you never never seen me, let's just put it this way: I'm not Vin Diesel. Let's let's put it that way. I I don't I, um I'm not I'm not Chris Hemsworth. Let's put it. I don't have that sort of body. I'm a I'm a I'm a husky man. Let's put it that way. So um, and I was the same way back then when I this was when I was in the army. But still, even though I was in the army, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't like, you know, toned by any means. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I don't want you to imagine that, but I'm just telling you, it wasn't like I had washboard abs. Let's just go, go with that. So, um, and someone filmed it, but yeah, I don't know. I never saw any, any footage of that. But again, if I, <laughs> if I ran for like Senator or representative or anything, I wouldn't, be, I would not be surprised all of a sudden, I will see a campaign ad saying uh, it's, it'll be the video of me on that stage gyrating and they'll, and they'll come across what you want this man to be your next representative or Senator, et cetera. <laughs> and, and I, and I honestly, if, it, if I saw that and I was running a campaign and that's, and that sank my campaign, I honestly, I would just have to laugh. I mean, not too much because I, I would have wasted all these people's time for something like that. But that still here I am. I'm just, I just admitted that here on the podcast. So here now, you know, that that'll be, you know, already out there, there, there it is. Go find it. So, (laughs) all right. So that's it for, uh, for episode. Um, Next week we'll be at CPAC can't wait for that it's it's always a fun time i really enjoy that um and 
Also, uh, just want to, I guess, mention um, odgapparel.com. Make great Christian you know, hats and shirts. Want to definitely give them a shout out. And especially if, um, if you go to odgapparel.com and, you know, you find something you like. If you put in the the promo code TrendChat10, you get 10% off. Check them out. I mean, look, stop being dead. The hat. I mean, they got plenty of different uh, shirts and hats. Um, they're all great. Seven, um, well, and 1776united.com. Great Patriot gear. Um, they have all sorts of hats and shirts and mugs and everything. Uh, anything for the Patriot in your life. I... I have all those shirts. I'll be wearing both of those. I'll be wearing some ODG apparel at CPAC next week. And I'll be wearing some 1776 apparel, um, at CPAC. So, so if you want something on 1776united.com and you see something like there, go to, and want to get 20, 20% off, just put in the promo code 776 militia dash trend chat put that in the promo code you get 20 percent off so appreciate it. i really do appreciate y'all listening and if you if you like what you're hearing like share subscribe all of that we're available google play itunes all of that and so just yeah i appreciate every everything i appreciate everyone listening and um i don't know what i'm gonna do for cpac well we may do something live from CPAC I don't know but I know we're gonna I'm pretty sure we're gonna have some interviews the, the next week and so yeah look forward to all of that and yeah until next time we'll chat with you later New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced full-bodied blend brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung. Enjoy a medium hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, make sure... Jim. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. Con cero azúcar y ahora mucho más rica. ¿Será que la nueva Coca-Cola Zero Sugar es la mejor de todas? Descúbrela. 